I was glad when they said to me, let us go to the house of the Lord. We are glad, whether we drove in or climbed up, whether we logged on or tuned in, we are glad to be here in this community, Chapel Roswell. It is a place of joyful hope, of radical welcome. It is a place where together we can wait in wondrous anticipation of the kingdom to come. Many people shall come and say, Come, let us go up to the mountain of the Lord, to the house of the God of Jacob, that God may teach us God's ways and that we may walk in God's paths. We light this candle as a sign of hope, our joyous hope that we can be restored, our faith restored, our strength restored, our confidence restored, our joy restored as we watch and wait with all God's people for the promise to be fulfilled. All right, first Sunday in Advent means it's almost Christmas. So how many of y'all put up a Christmas tree already? Wow, okay, that's half the group, maybe a little more. Yay, okay, we put one up too and uh, came in here today and saw this one. And uh, so the place is all set up and... uh, So we start a series today, it's called Behold, and each week we're going to be holding something. And so this week it's the kingdom, we're going to talk about the kingdom of God and uh, kind of uh, get into if that's now, later, sometimes, where uh, I I had uh, some of my kids home and over over Thanksgiving around the table at the end of the... uh, Meal, I said, so tell me, what does the kingdom of God mean to you? And so uh, interesting discussion of it being now, it being later, it being uh, a, a sort of a peace that we long for. I love the line in the song, the last song we sang, the world, what did it say? The world longs for uh, a miracle, yeah. And the heart longs for hope. Uh, And so we're at a place like that. (laughs) And so Advent comes and there's a sense that, okay, maybe there's something in Advent for us, for the world. Uh, You know, the world's going to take a miracle to to get squared away. And uh, and each of us, I think, in our heart long have a hope of of something that we're, we're after. So let's look at the scripture uh, Luke chapter 21, uh, verses 25 to 36. There will be signs in the sun, the moon, and the stars, and on the earth distress among nations confused by the roaring of the sea and the waves. People will faint from fear and foreboding of what is coming upon the world, for the powers of the heavens will be shaken. And they will see the Son of Man coming in a cloud with power and great glory. 
Now, when these things begin to take place, stand up and raise your heads because your redemption is drawing near. Then he told them a parable. Look at the fig tree and all the trees. As soon as they sprout leaves, you can see for yourselves and know that summer is already near. So also, when you see these things taking place, you'll know that the kingdom of God is near. Truly, I tell you, this generation will not pass away until all things have taken place. Heaven and earth will pass away, but my words will not pass. So be on guard that your hearts are not weighed down with dissipation and drunkenness and the worries of this life, and that day does not catch you unexpectedly like a trap. For it will come upon all who live on the face of the whole earth. Be alert at all times, praying that you may have enough strength to escape all these things that will take place and to stand before the Son of Man. May God add his blessing to our reading and hearing and understanding of the Word of God. So the kingdom of God, um, I'll give you my definition kind of right at the start, and then we'll kind of wade through this, and, and hopefully uh, maybe you can have a conversation at lunch or at some time about uh, the, the different people you're around. What does the kingdom of God mean? Because we throw that term around a lot. Uh, we talk about the kingdom of God. Uh, and I was having a conversation with Chris right before. So he asked the question, so is it now or is it later? And the scriptures are interestingly point, uh, and even this scripture and some of our songs point, point to a, a time in the future when the kingdom of God will come upon the earth. And other folks say that it's, it's now. We start making that right now. If you, if you scour the theological studies and writers over the years, you'll find a mixed bag uh, of people who say, well, it's, it's only talking about something out there. Uh, and others say, no, it, it starts now. So here's, here's the best definition I could come up with uh, of what the kingdom of God is about. It's about Jesus coming to earth. So we talk about it at Advent, the beginning of Advent. We talk, it's Jesus coming to earth as God made flesh to open a door and invite us to enter. We will undoubtedly enter in different ways, some partially some fully, some going in and out. We take what we need, we give what we can. For some, the rewards are swift and plentiful. For some, great sacrifice is made. The experience is not universal, and the journey is not set. I believe that Jesus came... And you hear him over and over saying, come and follow me. The hope that you want, the peace that you want, the life that you want is this way. All the time, the world is taking us that way and trying to lure us in exactly the opposite direction. And so Jesus opens the door, gives us a choice. He's not mad at us if we kind of peek in the windows for a little while, uh, if we kind of uh, uh, put our head into the door and out and back in. Uh, we all have different gifts and different timetables. So behold the kingdom. As our scripture talks about, 
watch and be ready. Something's going on. As the scripture told us, hold out hope, which was also the candle that we lit today. So I live uh, a little bit north of here in Dahlonega. We're able to sit outside a number of nights and look at shooting stars and satellites, pick them out of the sky. It's fun. The, the closer maybe you live in Atlanta, the harder it is to see something like that. Uh, if you were to live in Montana, out away from everything, you probably could see uh, shooting stars and all kinds of fun things uh, in the sky. And I think that Luke is trying to say that the kingdom of God is, is kind of like that. Uh, it's there, but you have to pay attention. You have to look for it. And your circumstances might make a difference in how you see or don't see that kingdom. Even uh, the, in the best of situations in a clear sky in Montana, you can still miss it because you look down to check your phone or something, feel something crawling up your leg. Uh, or if you look in the wrong part of the sky when everything's happening over here. And so it's not a guarantee but it's something we have to pay attention to, which is what the scriptures were talking about. I think the type of people, if you want to kind of get an image in your head of uh, who Luke and other writers are talking about and who uh, Jesus is talking about in this passage that uh, have the best chance of sensing, seeing, feeling, experiencing the kingdom of God here and now, uh, are, are, are a group of people that will talk about the first of the year, uh, first couple of Sundays of the new year, and that's the wise men. The wise men were on a quest. They were searching, they were looking, they were hoping. They understood that something was going on in the world. Something was out there. Something was a little different. Something was worth paying attention to. And it was beyond their ability to kind of grasp. Something was afoot. And so they were off on the quest. And they were using all of the tools that they had at their disposal, right? They were using stars. They were using prophecies. They were using dreams. They were having conversations. They were going from place to place, asking people what they knew, what they saw, when they saw it, where it was going. They were curious and they were open-minded. And so with that set of resources and tools, they started out on the quest. And on the quest, they weren't afraid for themselves on this journey. They knew that something was going to be, they knew that something was going on in the universe that was beyond them. And they knew that whatever was going to happen was going to happen. They couldn't stop it. So why not learn about it and figure out how best to embrace it? And, that, and that's a particular attitude about life, isn't it? There's things going on and we can sort of crawl into a hole and pretend it's not happening or we can say, okay, something's happening, so how do I fit in and how do I understand it and how do I embrace it? So that's kind of what Advent is all about and every year we have this same cycle where the beginning of Advent is an opportunity. It's kind of a doorway 
to something possibly new, different, uh, exciting, hopeful. It's the start of this season where we think about what God has done and what God is doing and hold out a little bit of hope that maybe God is still thinking and doing and living and breathing and acting uh, all around us. So that's maybe what brings you here on this first Sunday in Advent. You're looking for something, searching for something, hoping for something, maybe in need of something. Where is God at work? Where is my life headed? What does the new year hold? Where is the world headed? What am I prepared for? And what am I unprepared for? Can I find any of these answers here at church? Are there people here that can help me in that journey? Does anyone here have any of the answers to any of these questions? Is anybody else here struggling with the same questions I am or the same concerns? Is anybody else asking the same questions? You may not know what's in store. You may not have a crystal ball that looks at where everything's going, but you may be hopeful, and that hope may have some anxiety and nervousness with it. So the question really is, what's your posture? Or what would be the best posture as we enter into Advent? Is it more like the wise men Kind of hopeful, what are the tools that I have? Uh, What do I have at my disposal? Something's going on. Something will be happening in the new year. Something's going to happen as we get closer to Christmas. So am I ready for that or am I going to try to hold it at bay? Am I going to fight against the inevitable? Uh, Am I going to embrace it? Am I going to enter into this season, this next year of my life, with a positive, hopeful attitude or a fearful, anxious attitude. And so it's interesting that the passage of Scripture that we read starts off with this uh, kind of uh, pay attention to the signs, things are happening, things are coming, be aware of it, watch, be, be ready. But then at the second part, it gives this sort of warning that uh, don't get too... Uh, Too much at ease. I I love the word that it uses. Don't be weighed down with dissipation. I had to look that up. It means squandering of money, energy, or resources. And so don't don't just uh, throw everything away. Romans 13 uh, talks about this same sort of thing. There's a, a hope for the future uh, in that passage, kind of like in this passage. And then it says kind of uh, the same sort of warning, but it goes into more detail. 
Romans 13, 13 says, The time is at hand, so let us conduct ourselves becomingly as in the day, not in reveling, drunkenness, debauchery, licentiousness, quarreling, or jealousy. So that gives you a lot of things to kind of stay away from. And all of those things, is, as I talked about in the beginning, I think Jesus comes in, at Advent, uh, that Jesus is coming into the world is an opportunity uh, for God to speak in our lives and to come and guide us with a guide, Jesus, uh, and then the Holy Spirit. And Jesus over and over and over says, follow me, come, follow me. And he takes us in a direction of where life and hope and peace and a future is. And all of the time, these... Uh, characteristics that we just read from Romans is the world trying to tell us that those same hopeful, peaceful uh, characteristics are found in stuff out there. And so it, it puts before us a choice. If you go through the Old Testament over and over again, God says, I give you a choice. I've opened a door and you can walk through it and I'll guide you. But you are free to go in whatever direction you want to go. And that's, that's the conundrum that we face with God. If, if this is the way we ought to go, then just make us go that way. But God doesn't do that. And the kingdom of God is a place where there's an open door and we can experience as much of that as we want or as little of that as we can avoid. And so... I found this piece, which I think illustrates the choices that we have. Uh, it's called the 1 Corinthians 13 Christmas version. So if you're familiar with 1 Corinthians 13, it's uh, uh, the love chapter. It's often used at weddings. You'd probably recognize it if you don't know it by that title. But this is the Christmas version by Sharon Janes. And it says... If I decorate my house perfectly with plaid bows, strands of twinkling lights and shiny balls, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another decorator. If I slave away in the kitchen, baking dozens of Christmas cookies, preparing gourmet meals, and arranging a beautifully adorned table at mealtime, but do not show love to my family, I'm just another cook. If I work at a soup kitchen, carol in the nursing home, and give all that I have to charity, but do not show love to my family, it profits me nothing. If I trim the spruce with shimmering angels and crocheted snowflakes, attend a myriad of holiday parties, and sing in the choir's can cantata, but do not focus on Christ, then I miss the point. Love stops the cooking to hug a child. Love sets aside the decorating to kiss the spouse. Love is kind, though harried and tired. Love does not envy another's home that has coordinated Christmas china and table linens. Love does not yell at the kids to get out of the way, but is thankful that there are kids to get in the way. Love does not give only to those who are able to give in return, but rejoices in giving to those who cannot. 
Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, and endures all things. Love never fails. Video games will break. Pearl necklaces will be lost. Golf clubs will rust. But giving the gift of love will endure. <laughs> on this Christmas, or on this first Sunday of Advent, we celebrate the coming Christ. It's a time when all things are possible. We light the solitary candle. And you'll notice the one candle doesn't give off a whole lot of light. But each week we'll light another candle. And then if you've been to the Christmas Eve services, not only will we light these candles, but you'll have a candle that will raise. And the light is significant. And that's powerful. So we reach out once more at the beginning of Advent where we have a choice and an opportunity and we live in hope. Let us pray. God, I thank you that you've called us. I thank you that you invite us on this journey. And, and, and while there are times when I wish you would just tell me what to do, just tell me, just grab me by the hand and say, do this and don't ask questions, you give us the choice. You open the door, you point, you invite us to follow, but it's still our choice. And so God, as we enter into this Advent season, we all come with hopes and joys and celebrations, but we probably come with some sense of anxiety and wonder, maybe some confusion, maybe seeking some clarity. And so on this very first day of Advent, God, I ask you to help us in whatever way we need to, to set our hearts, to set our path to this invitation that you're giving us, to enter into this door, maybe a little bit further in than we've gone before, maybe not just start, stop on the steps, or maybe not just peek in the windows, but to actually take a step or two inside to listen, to pay attention like the stars and the signs around us, to how you're moving, how you're leading, how you're guiding us, so that we can pay attention and not lose sight of you and experience more of the kingdom that you offer. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.